Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This episode of The Kindness Project was recorded live on Facebook during lockdown, which explains why we're probably still talking about being stuck indoors. I hope you're enjoying your time outside to the fullest, and thanks for listening to The Kindness Project. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about hostile takeovers, catchphrases, and we're joined by Danielle Lazenby. Hi, morning, morning. <laughs> Um, welcome to the Kindness Project uh, uh, on the 10th of May 2020. Hope everybody's doing well this Sunday morning. Uh, I am joined by a girl who is definitely the lady in red. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who thinks we're good to go. It's Chris <laughs> And we're joined live from her bedroom by our special guest today. <laughs> Somebody who had to throw the cat out before she we started the interview. It's Danielle. Hello, Danielle. How are you? I'm a little bit concerned that you know this was my bedroom. <laughs> Um, I think you said it when you said you were getting rid of the cat. Well, look, I assume that was a bedstead. Like, uh, uh, but look, uh, uh, what, what is it? Where, head, headstand. Wait, what's the bit on the on the headstand? It's not. Like, it's not like a headstand. That's like an acrobatic yeah, thing. That's the wallpaper. There you go. It's a, it's a, oh, we missed the wallpaper. Well, Can we? You were because it's a complete mess in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, welcome to the Kindness Project. We're going to crack straight on yes. with uh, the question of the podcast because people have been giving us some amazing answers already and I want to talk about it. The question yeah. of the podcast is, what did you or do you want to be when you grow up? What's your answer to that, Charlotte? Oh, when you were when you were younger, child. When, I, when you... I was tiny, I wanted to take over your business, and then the plan was to kick you out of the, out of running the business and run it for myself. And that's sorry, not the dream anymore. Sorry, the plan was to have a hostile takeover of the family business. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that what you were planning? Yeah. And now and now, how about a just less hostile takeover? No. It at all. No, that's fair enough. And now, now you're gonna thinking about doing what? Journalism and writing books. And writing books sounds yeah. good. Danielle, what are you gonna do when you grow up? I think initially I wanted to be a graphic designer. Okay. That's funky. Yeah. And then I went for my college interview for art and got told that my artwork was rubbish. <sighs> So I wanted to be a holiday rep after that, and I ended up being a travel agent. Fair enough. You know, you know what's interesting though. I I I'm getting back into art. Um, I I haven't done it since I was a, a I was a, like at school, and I can't pretend I'm any good. But I'm enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? I'm enjoying yeah. the experience. It Do is, you? It is therapeutic. It is. Yeah, it's, it's quite cathartic to 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 just sit there with a sort of pencil and some. I mean, for me, the only art material we've got is Sophie's at the minute. So I'm using my eight-year-old daughter's colouring pens to <laughs> to create these weird, like bizarre art. You look, you quite like art I, as well, I Charlotte. Quite like art. There's a page in my. It's supposed to be a scrapbook. Yeah. It's just filled with like pictures of birds. There's now there's a finch. There's a yeah house bird and 
Um, and by the way, just just while we're on the subject of art, um, we will we are yes. selling some of our really, really bad, bad art really bad. for um, for charity. So um, so far we've raised about a um, hundred pounds, and I'm waiting for an offer on one of the other pieces of art um, I've I've created. We might be creating a website called is that what you call art because genuinely danielle our art is that bad questionable yeah good idea though yeah well hopefully we can raise a bit of cash for st francis um i said because because i was meant to be running the marathon for them and 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 now that's been postponed until october there was the i don't know if you saw it there was a thing a couple of weeks ago where people were doing 26 of something else to, yeah. to replace the 26 miles that they were going to do on the marathon. Um, and um, my 26 is going to be 26 really questionable works of art um, that I can potentially sell for charity. So it should be good fun. Hello to Tracy. Thanks for tuning in. Hi to Steve, to Russ, to Kelly, to Dave, to Eve, to Alan, to Tina. Um, morning to Kelly uh, and to Jed Dip and Dale. Thanks for tuning in to this Sunday morning edition of the Kindness Project. Um, can you just let people know where they can let us know what the righty righty um... <laughs> righty righty? Where was that come from? No, righty righty, good. Okay, so if you're currently watching this, you're on our Facebook page or you are on the watch party, and it is easy to get to our Facebook page, I assume. Uh, but if you are not. Then, if you're listening, hi, welcome. We're probably about, what, a hundred and silly something in now. Yeah, we're a lot um, of episodes in. So you can find us our Facebook page if you just search The Kindness Project in the search bar. Uh, you can find our Twitter at Ola Kindness. You can find, find our Instagram at Ola Kindness. Yeah. Uh, we don't do a lot on Instagram. MySpace? Do you want to mention the MySpace page? Uh, no, we have to deactivate that. Um, then we have a website yep. uh, which is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk um, we're all over the internet basically and yeah. thank you to the we have our finger in every internet pie <laughs> oh merch if you <laughs> if you want to buy a kindness project t-shirt you can do that on the website as well um all proceeds go to charlotte and it you do they go to you I will not be receiving anything. <laughs> no, they go to charity. So if you'd like a um, branded Kindness Project t-shirt, we've got we those on the website. Well. Yeah, we've got those on the website as well. So you can find us all over the show on the internet. Did we mention the email? You can mention the email if all you want. Thekindnessproject.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> what, what, was, what was the word at the end? Righty-righty or whatever that was. Um, <laughs> trying to come up with the catchphrase. Now, I don't think I've settled on one yet. Now, now, what we like to do on The Kindness Project is um, talk about a couple of things. Um, the thing that we thought might be useful to talk about today is, um, and this is the unofficial question of the podcast, um, what's Boris going to announce later on today? Morning, Morning, Trev. I, I'm, I think there'll be no immediate change, but a change over the next three to four weeks. What do you think, Danielle? Um, I think that he's going to allow indoor socialising with family. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. there's a lot of people that have got 
elderly parents and things like that that can't go into their homes. I think he's going to start allowing that. You know what? Not so much social gatherings, but yeah. Yeah. I think it will have visitations. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be nice yeah. actually, because we it can go around and visit Granddad, can't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think that sort of visits to family, or potentially, like sort of maybe two or three visitors in your house yeah. at the same time might might be uh, might might be the way they they do it. Um, if you're watching, let us know what you think Boris is gonna is gonna announce. What do you think he's gonna announce? I think he's going to increase. At, uh, Outdoor exercise time. Okay. Yeah. To what? I don't know. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. I. You know what? I. I. I've been cutting down my runs to an hour. I need to get. I need to get on the road again. So if he. If he increases the exercise time, that would be amazing. Other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is very niche, but let's talk about it. Um, you. As Welsh, uh, Daniel, for some weird reason, Charlotte in lockdown has decided to learn a really practical language guess what it is <laughs> did I just hear you say Welsh Welsh <laughs> now not even Welsh people speak Welsh anymore <sighs> and, and I'm not convinced can you say that really really long word which one the one that ends in goo 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 <laughs> no I've not learned that far um what words can you do? Uh, so, like, hat is het. Hat Very is het. Welcome, um. to, welcome to learning Welsh <laughs> with Charlotte Dames. This is, this is, this is change. So, if I was going to say the hat shop in Welsh, it would be e het siop. Um, what's the one that goes hoffee coffee? Oh, do we mean hoffee coffee? I like coffee. So... Apparently, uh, and Danielle, feel free to mimic this when you get a chance. Um, I like coffee. Is Dwee Hoffee Coffee? Dwee Give it a go. Hoffee Coffee. Dwee Hoffee Coffee. Dwee Hoffee Coffee. <laughs> Amazing. That's it. Dwee Hoffee Coffee. So, what other Welsh? Like? Um, it's like, um, so if I was to say I enjoy coffee, it's. We in Munhaun coffee. <laughs> it sounds German. Munhaun coffee. Um, uh, uh, I'm not going to get Daniel to give that a go. I'm, I don't know if the pronunciation is right, but I could spell it for you. Yeah. Um, and I think I might be responsible for your um, uh, Welsh um, uh, hobby. I just hobby. Like the idea of I remember years ago. Have you, have you ever done that drive, Daniel? You know, oh, you, you must have, because we're going to be talking about your sort of tour of the UK later on. Did you ever do that drive um, down the M4 across the bridge into Wales? Yeah, I did. I did do that. Is it Prince Charles Bridge or something? I, I, I can't remember the name of the bridge, but then. There's a there's a bit in the bridge where all the signs are then dual Welsh and English yeah. at the same time, aren't yeah. they? Like, even though no one there doesn't speak English as a primary language, it's like yeah, you know what, we'll stick the Welsh on the. But side. you know what? I like the idea of like sort of supporting the heritage of a of a country by having the dual nationality and it confuses the English people as well which is always good because <laughs> yeah. um, we were trying to pronounce every single sign on the way down there weren't we I now um, can get through probably five out of a hundred words we we remember because we, we went to Cardiff this was back in 2012 we went to Cardiff to watch um, some Olympic football um, and um, we were we were 
we went into the um, we went into Cardiff Bay and there's a big. I've been um, informed that is the Seven Bridge. Ah, uh, the Seven Bridge. Thank you. We went into Cardiff Bay and there's a massive, really ornate building. I can't remember the name of that either. Uh, in the middle of Cardiff Bay, and we went into the cafe there, and there was this, there was this like really nicely, like in a really lovely font, this Welsh word that looked like re- like like it was like knowledge passed down from generations and we were looking at it going i just what does that say what does that say there was a small sign underneath it with the translation mind the step it wasn't prolific knowledge at all it was just telling us to mind the step um so uh feel free to answer the question of podcast would you be when you grow up and one of our last questions of the podcast um is gaining a bit of traction what is the favorite memory you've got of your grandparents daniel what, what would your answer to that be passed away when I was quite young so I don't really recall an awful lot with her but my granddad he used to pay the milkman when the milkmans used to do a lot more than what they are now before the big supermarkets opened and every time I went round there he used to give me his milk money and that used to be the only reason he used to like going round <laughs> right so 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 you got paid from your granddad and that's what you remember right I okay used to, i used to get given his milk money yeah <laughs> oh amazing amazing you know what we were talking yesterday did your granddad have a um a little pantry with loads of like chocolates and sweets in because a lot of people oh, i speak to no, is granddad's but my that was just i always remember a little granny flat that she had she had um, a pantry and it always had digestive biscuits in it it's a nan thing. It's definitely a nan thing. Like nans and sweets and feeding kids sweets is definitely a nan thing. My my nan's my nan's uh, pantry had wagon wheels, clubs, and um, what else? I can't remember. There was loads of these little like sort of sweets, but wagon wheels and clubs. You say that, but I used to do that with my friends. Go on. What did you do? Um, I used to like give out tic tacs and strawberry laces did you <laughs> why are you bribing your friends with tic tacs and strawberry <laughs> I'm laces not, you know when you see someone and they don't look like they're having the best moment of their lives and you kind of go i want to rope you out have a tic tac yeah. have a strawberry lace yeah. not not have a hobnob not uh how are you have a tic tac but yeah did it work no, yeah well, they always I, to say, I was exactly the same my dad he used to drive a tanker and deliver glucose for miles Okay. Used to get loads of freebies, and they used to bribe all the kids on my street with. <laughs> and, what, and, what did, and what did you have? What, did, what was your what was your favourite thing to bribe people with? Well, we didn't get an awful lot of Mars bars. We did get a few, but we got boxes and boxes of Frutellas. Frutellas. Yeah, Frutellas yeah. are good. See, at the end of the like, I think it was like year nine. When I was in year nine, we had like this little tournament of higher or lower and i used to sit there and i used to go sorry sorry <laughs> sorry higher or lower you do mean play your cards right don't you <laughs> yeah yeah. play yeah. your cards right is you the right I mean? name and of that game people people put their 
their sweets in, and if they got to the end, yeah. I had to give them some Mentos and their sweets back. And if they didn't get to the end, I took their sweets. It was great. Right. Can I say, right? <laughs> can we just can we just talk about this? This is a generational thing, right? What do you call that game? Would you call it higher or lower, or play your cards right, Danielle? Play your cards right. Right. Absolutely. Right. What do you call the game? Where you you run around and you've got to catch each other and touch somebody. I don't know if that how that works in social uh, in social distancing. It doesn't anymore. Um, where you've got to run and catch somebody and, and touch them. Hi. What do you call it? Hi. Wrong answer. Right. The right answer is Ed. The right answer is Ed. Why does nobody call it Ed anymore? It. That's definitely not the right answer. But have you seen the film tag? Ah, uh, you know what? I haven't. I've changed it to tag. It's a brilliant film. It's based on a true story. I... A group of guys that started play, playing tag what? when they were youngsters, but they carried it on all the way through See? their lives. You know what? I love that idea. <laughs> They're still playing it. So, so this is a genuine thing. Uh, a few weeks ago on the Kindness Project, we were having a conversation about um, stuff we'd want to do after lockdown. Okay, and somebody mentioned runouts, right? Runouts as a oh, game, yeah. right? <laughs> now, some genuinely, one of our listeners, um, friend of the show, said to us, "I have never played runouts." Do you want mate? I have never played runouts. Can you imagine never playing runouts in your life? How someone agrees with me in the comments. Um, so, I, I, it's my mission when this is all over. Big game of runouts sounds sounds amazing. So one question, are you in? Yeah, I'm in. In, in. run outs for the win. Right. I think I'll be able to run as fast as I could as a kid, but I'll, I'll give it a go. It's the taking part though, isn't it? That's that's what you got. You got to you take part. You know what part. my favourite part of that game always is when you forget who's who's tagging and you kind of go, "Are you on my side? Are you not on my side? Do I run?" Yeah. So uh, just let us know what is, what do you call Ed? Oh, we've, we've um, had a... Dave Forsdyke mentioned that it's called It. Um, he's also let us know that the bridge is the Seven Bridge. And Eve Keith um, said, um, I think both these ideas sound great. Whilst we are being sensible, I would, it would be nice to be able to see friends and family just a little bit. I, I think yeah. that's right. Like that general wheezing is, is going to help. Um, Eve, just out of interest, I know this is less sensible than the idea of just seeing family and friends. Uh, friends, but giant game of run outs. Do you reckon that's what Boris is going to announce? I therefore <laughs> allow you to have we a giant. Allow it, as long as we keep the, the two meters social distance. How does that, that, that work in run outs, though? I don't know. If you hit them, that's it, they've got to join oh, well, You know what might work? Um, a big game of dodgeball. I reckon Aww. Boris is going to announce that. We are having a giant game of dodgeball. Um, anyway. Rounders. Can we, can we get on with the show? <laughs> can we just do that? Um, thanks to Dave, who's watching for his silver linings. Um, Dave always delivers delivers us loads of good bits of amazing news. Um, and on Saturday, he mentioned that Eagles have returned to the UK after a 240-year absence. Six white-tailed eagles have been released on the Isle of Wight in the hope of forming at least one breeding pair. Um, and the heavy rock band 
The Dark and My Horizon has released a fundraising single called Carpe, Carpe DM, Seize the Day in, in Ladzin. It costs just one pound and they'll send you a second song for free and 100% is going to NHS charities. Um, Nike, the sportswear giant, are donating over 30,000 pairs of shoes to health workers. The Air Zoom Post shoe is a slip-on design specifically for people who are working long shifts and are on their feet constantly. And it's good to see such generosity from big brands. And a family in Leicester have put a hope board up where neighbours can share what they're going to look most forward to forward to most after lockdown messages include pints mm. going to the beach playing with my grandchildren and building a better world oh, i like that one um we we know it will be over one day so why not have a, a list of things to look forward to daniel what are you looking forward to the most um seeing my mum spending some time with my mum and my sister yeah um, we're such a close family. Like it's, it's me, my mum, my sister, and my two kids, and we're we're so close. It's all it's always been us five, and it's strange that there's been mm. that divide between us. It's really really weird. Especially, especially when like you're used to probably seeing your mum and your sister quite a lot, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks to Dave, who's watching through silver linings. Um, Dave always delivers delivers us loads of good bits of amazing news um, and on Saturday he mentioned that Eagles have returned to the UK after a 240 year absence six white-tailed Eagles have been released on the Isle of Wight in the hope of forming at least one breeding pair um, and the heavy rock band The Dark and My Horizon has released a fundraising single called Carpe, Carpe DM Seize the Day in, in Ladzin. It costs just one pound and they'll send you a second song for free and 100% is going to NHS charities. Um, Nike, the sportswear giant, are donating over 30,000 pairs of shoes to health workers. The Air Zoom Post shoe is a slip-on design specifically for people who are working long shifts and are on their feet constantly. And it's good to see such generosity from big brands. And a family in Leicester have put a hope board up where neighbours can share what they're going to look most forward uh, for forward to most after lockdown messages include pints mm. going to the beach playing with my grandchildren and building a better world oh, i like that one um we we know it will be over one day so why not have a, a list of things to look forward to daniel what are you looking forward to the most um seeing my mum spending some time with my mum and my sister yeah um, we're such a close family. Like it's, it's me, my mum, my sister, and my two kids, and we're, we're so close. It's all it's always been us five, and it's strange that there's been mm. that divide between us. It's really really weird. Especially, especially when like you're used to probably see. Cool. Um, now I know that um, I know that um, uh, we when we first spoke, when we first interviewed you for the kindness project, it's because we read about your frankly incredible but also a little bit crazy trip 
in the paper. I just picked up, somebody mentioned to me it, it, it was in the paper. And we reached out to you and said, look, can you come on the podcast and, and, and talk to us about it? And the Kindness Project is a bit strange because one day we... Um, we interview people in China and America and Australia, and then we share stories of people doing amazing stuff. And well, literally, awesome. you live two roads away from my office, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So, so thanks for coming in and sharing the story, and thanks for coming back on the on the Kindness Project to share it again. Uh, for our for our audience who don't know about you, tell us a little bit about you. About me, well. Essex, I'll say Essex girl, not technically an Essex girl because I was born in Hackney, so yeah, we'll let that one slide. Um, I'm a mum to two kids. Yeah. I've got Aggie who's 16, who's currently going through the whole rigmarole of the GCSE exam. Yep. How's he, uh, how's he finding it? She's she, right. sorry. We're just hoping that she gets the grades that, that she deserves. She worked really, really hard, so we're hoping... Yeah, Char- Charlotte's going through the same thing actually, so mm. it's it's tough, isn't it? It is. It really, really is. Yeah. It's, they're definitely going to go down in history. That's for sure. <laughs> no, history GCSEs have to be updated now for the medicine topic. Well, I, you know what? I just wonder how long. You know, I wonder how long it takes for 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 the for the present to become history you know like when will the coronavirus be taught in schools as history 20 years well, 30 years uh, who knows they, they they spend like or yeah. more worryingly will will the, will it become history or will this be a regular thing now um, you know what? My my take on it's quite optimistic because we've had pandemics in the past. We've survived pandemics in the past. And I don't think pandemics have ever become history, but the amount of times it impacts us as severely as this are limited at best. I so think the reason it's impacting us so much is because of the knowledge we have. Because like, with the, the Black Death and the Great Plague and the Spanish Flu, they didn't have the inside to kind of go okay everyone yeah. stay inside yeah oh they did because they closed bars and pubs and theaters and did they yeah well during the uh the second one in the great plague not the black death because the black death was the first one um trying to remember back to my history lessons now just 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 one side thought right people tune in for a bit of positivity yeah, but like yeah no they used to isolate families together. Oh, They're doing they? that now. Okay. Um, they used to keep people away from each other. Yeah. They shut bars, theatres, pubs, a lot of public places. Um, although being alcoholics is what saved a whole bar they did, of men yeah. From, yeah. from cholera uh, in... I can't remember. Uh, Broad Street, Broad Street. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's not such a bad thing, but... It's not. It's not like it's new measures. It's just because we're used to being so connected. Yeah. It's yeah. not. Yeah. So they used to do it before, but yeah, spreading, not as the, strictly, spreading the news. And the other tip I got from that little history lesson is beer is good for you. Um, <laughs> so, so apologies, Daniel. We went off. Uh, we we went off on a. On a I have one little question though. I've got. To, I've got to put it out there. Have you not noticed how blue the sky is? Yeah. I, you know what? I you think know, before this pandemic, we had blue skies and they were were nice blue skies, but now we're getting blue skies. Uh, you know what? I think certainly I don't know about the skies, but certainly 
um, when I'm going for my run of an evening, the the birds seem to be a bit louder. Mm. Um, nature seems to be coming back without the interference, and there's plenty of evidence that says that environments are improving. So, so uh, as as Mr. Forsdyke said, um, there is always a silver lining to this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's hope we learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but it'll be interesting to see what we learn. Um, so tell us about the trip you made. Was it last year? Was it last year? Last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. But just the memory now, was, well, last Christmas it was, um, I set off on the 20th of December last year to deliver Christmas presents to all the children's hospices in the UK. There's 54 children's hospices in the UK and unfortunately 26 couldn't accept my visit because me being the plank that I am didn't do an awful lot of thought into it and decided to set off just before Christmas. So obviously all the hospice workers are working really hard to get the children home for Christmas so 26 of them couldn't accept my visit but 26 of them did. And um, how did the idea for the trip start? People have seen this this podcast before. They'll understand. <laughs> I am a complete nutter when it comes to Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas. Always have done. And the Christmas before Christmas 2018, I was sitting there with my daughter Amy, and uh, I said, "Oh, how great Christmas is!" And the magic of Christmas. I said, "Wouldn't it be great to be Santa?" And she was, well, you can be Santa. And I thought she was a complete loon. I thought, how can you be Santa? Is there, is there some academy that I don't know of that I can apply for? And, uh, Sorry, where's this academy? Can I sign up for the can I, can I, Can I sign up? I'm up. I really want to sign up. But um, said, well, you haven't got to deliver presents to the world. We'd narrow it down. And I got thinking, I thought, oh, hospitals. But you do always see... Um, requests for presents for the big hospitals they always about do their fundraisers and I thought no one ever thinks of the hospices yeah so I looked I googled children's hospices and it come up there are 54 and I thought 54 I can do 54 and that's how it all started <laughs> yeah and and um I know I know when we spoke before you told me a story that was um quite sad but also quite pertinent in terms of um in, in terms of uh why you did the trip tell me a bit about that story there's there's so many reasons i've i've been i've been surrounded by unfortunate there's there's been a lot of illnesses for close friends i've lost a lot of close friends a lot of family one of a good friend of mine lost her seven-year-old son to a very rare cancer. I've lost young cousins. It's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I went through breast cancer in 2016, and unless you go through it, you 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 read about it, you see about it on TV and documentaries, but unless you actually experience it, you would never understand the difficulty. Chemotherapy is even the psychological side of it. So I battled breast cancer in 2016. I've now hit my year four, clear. Woo-woo. That can we can we just just for two secs, just round of applause for that. 
you can carry on now. <laughs> well, I mean, we we could we can carry on clapping, but. <laughs> Listen, to be frank, like you do a better job, Danielle. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I, you know I don't what? Either. You know what? Genuinely, I wonder. I mean, we're our, 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 we we we've like started going up is in that, the rankings. Is this a gap in the market? No, no, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe like our, we've got a few more thousand listeners that have come on over the last few weeks. Um, maybe it's the Welsh contingent. Maybe, maybe the Welsh are enjoying it. Can, three times in like five. Russell, our esteemed editor, can you let us know, know where our new li- listeners are from and is it Wales? Danielle, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Carry on. <laughs> sorry. He wasn't interrupting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've finished my story. I've got to the four years clear. Just to put that out there again, four years clear. Amazing. <laughs> Woo! Um, uh, just out of interest, how did going through that impact your perspective on life you know it hasn't i've always been a lift of the moment anyway it got me into quite a bit of debt when i i adopted a live for the moment attitude and like yeah we'll go disneyland paris yeah we'll go center parks and the credit card credit card credit card but it's what the, the eye-opener for me i went through it the first session of chemo was rough Every single chemo um, session that I had, I ended up in A&E. I, I had complications. I had blood clot on one of the occasions. I had um, heart issues with another time. It was never-ending, issue after issue after issue after each chemo. And I try, because I was obviously I had two children with me, I try and keep upbeat as much as you can. And you try and keep a smile on your face and you try and swallow down the, the vomit that builds up from the nausea and yeah. the head pain that I used to get as well. That was terrible. And I'd allow myself maybe one day or two days of feeling down and sorry for myself, but then I'd pick myself up again. But the eye-opener for me, me and my sister, well, me, I got given tickets for Stand Up to Cancer, the actual show in London. Yeah. And I took my sister... And they show the videos, don't they? Yeah. Of people that are currently battling through cancer and obviously a lot of tears shed. But there was a woman that came on and she started to talk about her family and it was the first time that I'd ever understood that perspective of it. It had always been about me, but I'd never put myself in the position of my family, of them watching me go through it. What my mum must have gone through must have been awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I would never want to experience that. I would, I'd rather have it myself than have my children have it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the awful part. Yeah. The realisation of what everyone else around you was going through. Yeah. Um, so, you went on this trip, you're travelling around the country, you're in a position where you're um, delivering gifts. What story stood out the most when you're out delivering gifts of the impact that was having? There, there were so not so much stories. I, when I was visiting the hospices, I was given tours of the hospices and shown the facilities and shown where the fundraising goes. I also met a lot of children on these on on these visits 
wonderful children sitting there, big beaming smiles on their faces. Um, met, met wonderful children. The sad, the sad side of, of that, these children have got life-limiting illnesses or difficulties like autism and things like that. And there was one girl that I met, I call her my princess, and she um, asked if I really work for Santa. I was like, yeah, I work for Santa. And she said, well, my mummy and daddy said that I'm not going to, I'm going to be an angel before Christmas comes. So we're having our own Christmas this weekend. And I said, well, when I go back to see Santa, I'll tell him about you and I'll see if he can arrange some special wings for you and you're going to be turned into an angel. So what sort of wings would you like? And she was describing as like lights and glitter. I said, right, I'll go, I'll go back to Santa and I'll tell him that. And I, her mum was in the background and she was mouthing thank you to me. Oh, yeah. This little girl was in a wheelchair. She couldn't have been no older than three or four years old. And I found out she'd actually died a few days before Christmas. She did pass away. Mm-hmm. That's the heartbreaking side of it. Yeah. but the, the, That's what makes everything a reality of, of, of what these hospices do. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about that. I mean, I know like hospices either um, that care for adults or care for kids. A lot of what they deliver is just that hope at the end of life and dignity at the end of life and respect at the end of life that that we all want when we get to that stage and i think it's so important don't you it is it is it it really really is yeah Uh, i mean the pain and suffering that some of these children must must have gone through or go through it's and it's, it's nice also to be able to be taken out of that, that hospital environment or even the, the, the four walls of their homes, be able to go somewhere where you, some of these places have got hydro pools and, you know, sensory rooms with beautiful lights, you know, just it's just an escape for them. Yeah, yeah, no, perfect. Charlotte's got a question for you. So how has the current situation affected your future plans and do you have any plans to go on another trip again? I will be doing it again. There's no two two ways about that. There's no doubts about that. I've, I've had my, my first trip where I experienced the teething problems and I know how to rectify that in the sense of I will start delivering at the beginning of December rather than the day before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's affected... It's affected me this year because obviously I've not been able to go out and fundraise like I, I would have been able wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if a trip this year is going to be possible. The trip last year took 12 months of organising. Yeah. It took 12 months of getting thousands of metres of wrapping paper, wrapping the gifts, buying the gifts, fundraising for the gifts. I don't think it's going to be possible this year. I'm going to give it a go, depending on when this lockdown gets finishes. Lifted. Yeah. But the good uh, news is, even if it's not this year, it gives you the extra time to plan for something really big next year, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, ideally, if I can't do it this year, I'll do some sort of fundraiser 
that obviously won't be enough to buy all the presents, but it will be enough to donate, and I'll donate it to um, Together for Short Lives, which is a charity that that works with the hospices. With the hospices, yeah. Next one. So, how are the hospices you support coping through this lockdown? Um, they are remaining open. A lot of their services have been restricted, um, but they have remained open. They're working very closely with the NHS um, to keep the children out of a hospital environment and obviously provide their services in hospices. Mm. They are struggling financially. Yeah. As are all the charities, particularly the small, smaller charities. But a lot of the hospices have—they spent for a lot of years building up a, a fund to accommodate this sort of thing. Yeah. Or if like their fundraising wasn't doing so well, then they had, had this fund. They, they spent a, a lot of years raising this this fund, like a standby fund. Yeah. Um, and in terms of. Um, people supporting you mm-hmm. for the work you do sorry one thing we haven't talked about that much is when you went to every single hospice you were in fancy dress weren't you it wasn't fancy dress it was my uniform so, I'm so, sorry <laughs> sorry as an official santa's elf you were yeah. wearing your uniform did you have a name badge i didn't no it's not a no, uniform then is it needs a name badge and where can people find out about the amazing work you're doing and support you for your next trip regardless of whether it's this year or next year well it'd be I'll I'll put it all on my my Facebook page I'll I'll make it all public anything that I do do Um, probably the local I'm hoping the local papers the, the press will cover it I was trying to get a lot of the big presses to cover my trip last year so we can raise awareness if anything yeah for what these hospices do and try and get them some funds but they they, they weren't interested in my story but the local paper the recorder they, they always follow stories like that yeah so so we'll um i'll send you an email with a couple of people yep. that i know so if we can share your story a bit wider that'd be uh that'd be good so expect an email on that over the next couple of days um thank you so much for joining us today particularly as well, it's a sunday um, and stick around because we're going to start. We're not doing the joke yet. We're going to do. I know. We're going to read out some of the answers to, to question of the podcast. And before we get on to the today's question of the podcast that we've had some amazing answers for, um, we had some extra answers for the uh, question of the podcast we had um, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, which was what is the favourite memory? of your grandparents um ollie smith our friend friend of the show oh good old ollie um said hearing the story of how my granddad almost killed his co by fiddling with the trigger console on a light bomber thank god the guns on planes pointed towards the plane was on the deck a burst of guns went over the guy's head (laughs) um uh Chris Lean said, when I was about seven, I asked my grandfather if he had shot any Germans in the war. His reply was, oh, good God, 
I hope not. Um, you know what? It's interesting. We when I when I when I used to my granddad used to mention the war, but when he did, he was always really vague, and he was one of those guys who who just like. The memories were so bad that he never wanted to talk about them. He used to make up weird stories about whether he was he was sitting in an office in the war when he wasn't. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So so we had those um, two. Eve Keith said I was really close to my granddad, aged about before he came back from shopping. Knocked on the glass front door. I was so excited to see him. I ran into the doors up a door, arms outstretched to hire him broke the glass and ended up in A&E and then the one of my favourite emojis that one that that emoji is amazing in terms of um, what did you want to be when you grew up John Cook said he wanted to be a consulting detective Heidi Ball oh, yeah. said a teacher um, but um, the reality of teaching and the fantasy of teaching was a bit different Charlie Goodman said um, he wanted to be a rock star and he still wants to be a rock star there's still time um, Tracy Dame said midwife uh, loved to be the one helping a new life in the world the most beautiful sound when you hear the first cry Sarah Robinson said I wanted to be a marine biologist but unfortunately I went to a traditional Catholic school where girls studied home economics and childcare but you you, I mean like you think about a generation b- before and actually we've taken massive strides forward in uh, girls and women being able to do whatever they want to do it's like, like uh, being a dad of two daughters that's important to me to make sure that you're um, that you've got an opportunity Hazel Gray said total cliche but I wanted to be a ballet dancer had ballet uh-huh. lessons right up to the age of 18 and then I discovered boys and booze it didn't help the training much so so that was hazel's what one of those jobs um would you like danielle Sounds quite good. I've got to say. So, sounds alright, doesn't it? Sounds sounds yeah, quite a good one. Like they face me somewhere nice and hot. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? I've got, I've got, a, um, I've got a friend of mine who's who's a diving instructor, um, and some of the places he gets to work is um, <laughs> are, are, are amazing. Um, Kelly Crouchman said, I always wanted to be a private investigator or work in forensics. Oh, forensics um, work is good. Forensic, yeah. I, from me, is, I don't know if I'd like the gory side. Do you know what I mean? Like I, the, I have a friend who wants to be a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend. I had a fr- this is a genuine story, and I've never told this on the podcast before. I had a friend when I was sort of late teens, early 20s, a guy called Mark, and um, he joined. Um, I'm like you, Daniel. I'm from East London. I'm from sort of a little bit further in, in a place called Canning Town um, that people from East London probably know. And there was a big. Um, it was a big uh, funeral directors there. Mm. And my friend got a job in the funeral directors. Um, and I think I was 21 and 20, 22 um, and uh, turned up at this funeral, saw Mark in the distance and gave him a massive cheesy gr- grin and a big wave. And I was like, 
that wasn't appropriate for a funeral, was it? Clearly, do you know what I mean? You don't do a cheesy grin in a big way while you're at a funeral. And he just did this polite nod that made me realise, no. No, this is a funeral environment. Don't don't wave to the funeral directors at a funeral. Let them get on with their jobs. Um, Dave Dave Forsdyke said he wanted to be an omelette chef. That sounds, is, that, is that a job? Omelette chef? I'd, I'd, I'd be good at that. Please don't. Um, yeah, seriously. When I was a boy, I would tell my parents about the omelette bar I'd be setting up in Victoria Station, serving omelettes with a variety of fillings to commuters. That sounds Omelette. like... Oh, yeah. There is a... Actually, weirdly, you talk about uh, omelettes. There is a um, there is a restaurant in Amsterdam called Omleg mm-hmm. that all it serves is is omelettes. And we've got a special guest who wants to pop in and say hello. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I had... From Omleg, I had a... I had... Uh, the peanut butter and banana yeah. omelette. Yeah, so so Danielle, when Sophie, who's my younger daughter, uh, when we all went to Omleg in Amsterdam, um, sh- uh, Sophie had a sweet omelette. Um, have you ever heard of that? No. It was amazing. It what was, was it? really good. So what was in it again? Peanut butter and banana, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She, she's not in frame, but you know. So, just... so yeah, so so that was good. Um, uh, and um, Sarah apparently went to her head office for a training conference once, and they had an omelette chef specifically. Yeah. That that's that's good work. That's good work. Sharon Adkins wanted to be a travel agent. Mark Barley wanted to be a spaceman. I, have I think. A friend who wanted to be an astronaut now he wants to make robots that go into space. You know what? I think that is an amazing aspiration. Judith Hitchens wanted to be a vet, and then Mandy Mod- Medlock said, "My daughter is now 18. When she was little." And we asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up. Um, and Matt, bear in mind, Mandy's from Norfolk. The only answer she had was, I want to be an Essex girl. <laughs> that, that, that is an amazing answer. Um, and on that note, thank you for ah. your contributions to Question of the Podcast. Uh, for the live episodes, we've had a, a little thing of Charlotte um, finishing with a dr- joke. Now... Just a word of warning, Danielle. They're usually not great, um, but we'll let we'll let you be the judge of that. Are, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What sits at the bottom of the sea and twitches? I don't know. A nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that because I get it. I don't really get jokes. <laughs> I don't need two of you <laughs> pretending these jokes are good. <laughs> All right, please. Uh, ba- it's bad enough one person pretending the, the jokes are good, but two, I, two I can't handle. <laughs> and on that note, my friends, thank you for tuning in to another Kindness Project. Bye, bye from Sophie. Bye from Charlotte. Bye from me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't finished. Let me, let me, let me finish. Uh, thank you so much to Danielle for joining us. And we'll and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.